Welcome to episode 222 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, The Triple Deuce. It is Monday night, November 20th, and tonight we are here to break down Justice League. The movie. That's what I, I wanted. It felt natural to say Justice League. The movie, like <laughs> they Superman, don't, they don't do that the anymore. movie. Right, they no. stopped in '78. Yeah, they assumed that we all knew it was the movie. So we're gonna we're gonna talk Justice League the movie. We're gonna break it down in all of its illustrious detail. Uh, spoilers from here on out. Matt, you have a question. Uh, yeah, why <laughs> why is it that that they used to put that uh, specific nomenclature at the end of? Uh, films back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, the movie, Batman, the movie, Superman, Was the there movie, Batman? Star the movie? Trek, the motion picture. Was it Bat? It was Star Batman, Trek, the, the mo- TV show, the movie, right? Y- well, yeah, but it was still the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, that's the title, Batman, the movie. Star Trek, the motion picture is so egregious. Like, right, it's so, <laughs> calm it's, the fuck down, you goddamn nerds. We like, get it. Right. It's like, it's in the title. It's like saying, give me a Beatles album. Uh, Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night, the album. Eh, the White Album. The White so Album. They did it. The recorded broadcast. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be a broadcast if it was recorded. My it name was- is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are... Ian, Ian Sharpley. Sh- Ian Sharpley, the podcaster. And Matt Cassell. That's me. Also I, the podcaster. 222 episodes in. Am I supposed to say my name myself or do you introduce me? Ian got it. Yeah, he you was say on, your name. He was on point tonight. I, I put extra joke in there though, you know? I didn't want to follow with the same joke. Don't you think that would fall flat? It would be the same. It's the point. The repetition is what makes it funny. It is Monday night, November 20th, and tonight we're going to review... Justice League. We were all big comic book fans. We were all big movie fans. And I think we're going to have a lot to say about a controversial film, a film that didn't quite make its box office back, a film that a lot of our viewers are split down the middle for. Uh, But before we get into the nitty gritty, we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. McSauce.com, the home of the webcomics, the podcast, and the reviews that you know and love each and every week. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash McSauce. You can check us out on all the social platforms. We have a YouTube channel. Just type in our name, McSauce. We have an Instagram feed, and we also have a Twitter handle, McSauce. So you can check out all of our different uh, avenues of entertainment on all of those different feeds. Um as you probably know, if you're longtime listeners, or even if you're listening for the first time tonight, we do a Toys for Tots donation each and every year. Matt, how many years have we been doing this? I for? think three, and this will be our fourth year. Is that right? Or no, wait, is this our fifth? I think this is our fifth. Yeah, we've our been fifth already. I I feel I I feel like it is. I could be wrong. Long There's been t- several, several. There, several. This is one in a series of Toys for Tots adventures that we're having. Um, you can go to... Th- this year, we're expanding the franchise to doing a live show at the Fan Club in Wilmerding, Airbreak Avenue in Wilmerding. We're going to be having a live event December 1st. 
You can come and hang out with us, see us. McSauce Nation, listen up. Uh, Wilmerding sounds like a faraway place. It's certainly got a silly name. But Wilmerding is only eight minutes from Monroeville Mall. Like, Wilmerding may as well be Monroeville. Why Paul is saying it like this is because Paul just discovered that last week. So... Oh yeah, this is for the to him. This is for the benefit of all though, because I've gotten a lot of Wilmerding. Where's Wilmerding? That sounds so far away. It really isn't. It's uh it's about twenty minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. It's an easy trip. It's really right over the hill from uh good old Monroeville Mall, home of the Monroeville zombies. Right. And for- this is gonna be this is going to be a great event. We went down there last week. We met with Paul. And also just for all of our international or out of town listeners, uh, it, it's a great place to uh, vacation Wilmerding, Pennsylvania. Huh. Uh, it's, it's only eight minutes, like you said, from Monroeville Mall, the, the home of Dawn of the Dead. So great uh, sightseeing possibilities. Um, it's it's right by the convention center, so uh, competitive hotel rates. Um, what, what's the hotel that's right by the convention the center? Tree. In? The Double Tree. Contact the Double Tree. I'm sure you'll get a lovely suite uh, just in time for the for the December first event. We went down there last week. We met with our good buddy uh, Jeremy Canals, the proprietor of a fan club sports bar. We went over a game plan for the night, and I think it's going to be even better than we initially thought. This is going to be a really great event. It's for a really great cause. We're collecting money. We're collecting toys to donate to Toys for Tots. Um, there is How much of the donations are is going to Toys for Tots? Paul? 100%. 100%. 100%. You can bring money. You can donate via our website, our Facebook page. You can... Bring a toy. Uh, if you're going to come to the event on the first, uh, bring a toy. Anything you want, uh, you know, toy related. Don't bring like a, a sweater. Yeah, right. I mean, if but, you, you can know, bring, make bring it, toys. make it kind of like. I think it's sort of in the it's in the title. Toys for Todd. Just making sure. Well, the the McSauce Toys for Todd's drive does try to focus on uh, things that that are kind of linked to what we talk about every week. So. Comic books, comic book movies. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, genre, genre stuff. stuff. If you find some kits. Dexter action figures, those count. <laughs> if you find a Michael Myers, I say that counts. Hey, Absolutely. a little Halloween on Christmas. Never hurt anybody. But there, there's going to be a lot of great stuff. Um, there's going to be a um, Fatheads beer rep down there. There's going to be discounts on Fireball whiskey. There's going to be a 50-50 raffle. Uh, there will be nerd trivia during the podcast. And, you know, the cherry on top, live McSauce podcast. All of you listeners that yell at your laptops all the time because we're dummies, now you're going to be able to say, hey, Ian, you're a dummy. Yeah, you can spar with us live. It'll be exciting. So there's... there's I'm, I'm really excited about this. A uh, lot of good stuff going on. Uh, I know Ian and I are going to dress up in Christmas costumes. Yeah, yeah, Just absolutely. Just height, heighten the Tis festivities. The We're working on Matt's costume. Uh, so if you want to come dress as your favorite Christmas character, please do so. It's just going to just amp up the Christmasosity of this McSauce event. 
I think that's another word for the Mixauce Dictionary. Hopefully one day we'll be selling the Mixauce Dictionary to all of you lovely people out there. If you want to speak Mixauce, <laughs> you know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> so, yep, December 1st at the Fan Club in Wilmerding, Pennsylvania. But enough with that housekeeping. Why don't we jump into the meat of tonight's episode, Justice League, the movie. <laughs> Who wants to go first? We we haven't really talked to each other about it. Um, <clears throat> Ian, and I, Ian and I talked a couple brief bases earlier when he got here. Uh, Matt and I exchanged a couple texts Saturday afternoon. I'm kind of interested. I want to know... I want to know where you're at, Matt. I want to know. You want me to go first? You can't wait. I I, I do. I do. I'm I'm excited. Um, there's I've I've read all the stuff online. I've been on Twitter. What have you read online? I've read the box office returns, which are less than favorable. I've read a lot of reviews, sort of, uh, you know, taking their their licks at the DC expanded universe or extended universe in general. Uh-huh. Uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts that kind of that are already talking about. They're already so talking about. We got to get this mofo out, yeah, right? So, Matt, I'm ex- I'm interested at uh, how you came down on it. Yeah, well, it seems like uh, the little bit that I've read online that that uh, the movie didn't hit projections. I, I guess it it kind of missed its weekend projections after opening day because what happens is they. They look at what the movie does on the first day, and then they project what the rest of the weekend's going to look like. Yeah, and I guess it came in a couple million under what they had projected. It failed to top a hundred million, which in the world of these big blockbusters is right. is sort of looked at as a failure. Right. Uh, I I don't know if anybody else got the impression, but when I would like hop on certain websites, uh, typically more fanboy centric ones. I couldn't help but feel like there was almost a, like a, a sense of satisfaction in the in the article writers. Like it didn't hit projections and haha. Like it it almost felt like there was an agenda at play. I, I don't know if anybody else got that that sense. It almost feels like this is kind of like the little movie that couldn't, um, where it was fighting an uphill battle from the very beginning based on like previous experiences with other DC movies. You know, it was like everybody, like all the goodwill that Wonder Woman had, had given DC, uh, cinematic U movies. Um, it kind of vanished with this because maybe because it brought back certain characters that left such a foul taste in fans mouth, like Superman and Batman from Batman V Superman. Uh, with that said, you know, going in, I was like, this should be pretty interesting. Actually, you're getting kind of the best of both worlds and directors with Zack Snyder bringing a certain visual fidelity that, um, you know, is arguably unmatched in the world of, uh, comic book movies. And then you're bringing in fan favorite Joss Whedon to kind of punch up the dialogue and the, the banter and maybe add kind of a soul to the to the characters in this movie. So I went into it relatively optimistic in spite of the fact that a lot of the trailer looked a little video gamey, 
You know, like you could kind of tell that the climax of the movie was going to be, um, it was going to be a CGI fest, just like all of the other most, honestly, most comic book movies kind of devolve into. Um, yeah, I think we can name on one hand, like the number of comic book movies that don't turn into CG fest. Right. Like, I mean, the, the most recent example is Thor, um, almost said the dark world, which I believe also devolved into how, CGI. How dare fest, you quality film, but Thor Ragnarok, also climax with a big CGI finale or yucks and chuckles. Um, every DC movie <laughs> up to this point, starting with Batman V Superman, right? That was the one that kicked or Superman, Superman, Man, um, of, Steel. Man of Steel. Um, not as much that one, but all the others had that big villain that kind of, it turns into a, you know, computer generated concrete fight. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Man of Steel kind of, kicked off the concrete fight thing with demolishing metropolis true but but i still felt like you had a couple men um at least like kind of fighting each other where i realized parts of them were certainly cg created or cg enhanced but like everything else it was like a a human fighting and yeah i know i know this is this is against the grain but um man of steel Though the final big fight between Superman and Zod was big CGI fest, it was two characters who had very intricate, detailed character arcs through the entire movie. You knew exactly where each one was coming from, and they both dovetailed very nicely together at the end of that movie. It was a personal fight at the end of that. There wasn't real. There was there was no personal investment fighting a billion Ultron zombies. Um, there was no personal investment fighting a bunch of dead Asgardians that Hella, you know, mm-hmm. real re- regrew. Um, Funny how that seems to be a recurring theme in these movies, where you have armies of samey like warrior characters that that it's like a video game and even in justice league there was no there was no you know personal effort at stake fighting a ton of parademons no i mean i i feel like there is something with steppenwolf being tied to the heritage heritages heritages is that a word the heritage the heritage of the atlanteans and the amazons yeah. So I but like I I know that's it, a little like, bit of a stretch, but that is something that they do reference and Diana knows that guy and so But does she's Aquaman. the only one but she's really the only one going in with with a, a, a stake in the fight because from what the movie showed us, Aquaman had no idea who that was. Yeah. He just happened to show up at Atlantis at the right time that this guy was attacking. Yeah. Like there was clearly with with Wonder Woman, she knew the history. Um, you know, her mother fought him in that battle. So there was a clear connection. But with Aquaman, it was like, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna dip in back home real quick. Oh fuck, someone's stealing this ancient artifact. I better fight him. Like there was no I need to stand up for the for the history of my people. Like there was none He's of that. He's too busy getting drunk on whiskey on the fucking dock, man. There's yeah, not so, time for that. You know, there was no shit. real 
there was no there was no like personal mission at stake at the end of this movie and everyone fucking busts on me for not liking Man of Steel but Man of Steel for, had for good Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. Is that not what I just said? That's not what you just Everyone busts on me for liking Man of Steel but that movie had you know had real like consequences and uh, emotion at stake by the end of it this Justice League just like a lot of other you know comic book movies these days was like eh, uh, maybe yeah so what this movie uh going into it what I was hopeful for you know that it would have that that supremely like kind of visual like supremely done visual fidelity from Zack Snyder and and great character interactions from uh, Joss Whedon and I, I think it delivered on both of those fronts but what I really wasn't thinking about going into it was just simply story and I feel like the story was a little bit of a letdown um, <clears throat> but I was kind of like giddy at certain points of this movie, watching the way that these characters characters interacted. And there were parts of the story that were pretty damn cool, especially like in the beginning, the way that they explained the way that the mother boxes worked and, and Steppenwolf's, um, his kind of like connection to them really reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings, because Ring. it was almost beat for beat, like stripped out of that. Now, because it was that it was that Fellowship of the Ring flashback yep, where they show yep. the first battle with Sauron. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They and show that. They to show, be honest, that's fine. Like that works. People like that. I like that. Right, I thought that showed, was a strong they, point in the movie. Right. They showed the distribution of the mother boxes to the different races that make up Earth. Or Middle can, Earth. Can the world of men stop being the fucking whipping boy of fantasy movies? <laughs> they fucked up in, in Lord of the Rings. They fuck up. Well, I guess they don't really fuck up in Justice League. They kept that shit pretty tight until Batman and, and crew unearth it. And then they forget about it while they're <laughs> right. raising Superman from the dead. So, right. you know, 70s rock can roll right in and pick it up and dip. <laughs> so, right. And, you know, it was kind of funny. Uh, men were the last ones to give it up. You know, the the Amazons gave it up first. Men kind of didn't give it. They, like, they just turned their back and were like, oh, shit. Yeah, right. They got distracted. It was kind of like a WWF wrestling match where they, they get distracted for a minute. And next thing you know, they, they, they get have pinned. a cherub right. to the back of their head. Uh, but, I mean... That beginning, and well, I guess it wasn't exactly the the very beginning, but the way that they kind of explain the mother boxes, I was like, I know that this is a total ripoff of Lord of the Rings, and I and honestly, Paul, I don't know how much is actually from the comic books, um, but I was so like happy and enjoying myself watching, you know, the Green Lanterns show up for a cameo, and and, and, I and got they were really really expanding the DC cinematic universe. And I was like, right on, man. Like, I'm really enjoying this, seeing little little snippets of things. When they showed the, the Green Lantern show up and, and start having a part in the battle and get, you know, get, uh, get killed, 
and the ring fly off. Right. Like I, I got chills. I was like, this is cool. Like this, the, the they're really bringing the DC world together in this film. Yeah. And I was, I was really excited to see all of that stuff happen. Like, yeah. um, I, I thought we were going to get, I thought we might even get more green lantern stuff I after the trailers too. or something like that. But even just that little taste right there was enough that I was like, this is a big fucking universe right. and they're going to keep right. expanding. It was similar to the end of Batman Begins when, when Commissioner Gordon's telling Batman a little bit about the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't ever mention the Joker, but he's like, here's his calling card mm-hmm. and it's a Joker playing card and he's like, he's got a thing for the theatrics. Sound familiar? And you just, you're like, Oh man, I can't wait. Like it's yeah. it's such a tease, but like it shows you that their head is in the right place. You know that it seems like they want to go in the right direction. I think there were a lot of different there are a lot of different ways that this movie showed that either they were listening to the fans or more more fans themselves were working on the movie and yeah. saying this is the direction that we need to take this in. totally i think it was incredibly obvious that the filmmakers were paying attention to the criticisms especially of batman v superman uh the way that they changed the way Batman behaved in this versus the way that he acted in Batman v Superman, the way that he conceded his off the rails insanity in that movie uh, and basically said, yeah, you know what? I might've been wrong. And then they even created like quality banter between him and basically all of the other members of the team. He pissed everybody off, which I thought was like hilarious. Because that's what Batman fucking does. I, like, because Batman's but, but, an asshole. Right. And you think he's just being a dick, but it was in a calculated way. The way that he was pushing Diana to, you know, potentially lead the team. He was pushing all the right buttons to get a certain reaction out of her. I love that I'm going to paraphrase his line here, but when he's talking about, you know, because he was talking about Clark and because Clark is more human than I ever was. And that's true because Matt Batman is like this cold calculating fucking thing where Clark, and he says it, you know, Clark had a job. He lived in the world. He fell in love. He right. did all these things that Bruce Wayne never did because he's on his one man vengeance and that, mission. And that makes like that fits so in line with everything we know from Batman for Superman into this movie where Alfred is on his ass all the time about getting a date. Like, uh, that, <clears throat> I wonder what that woman's like. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, like I, I really liked a lot of that stuff from Ben Affleck and from Batman, but I had a really hard time embracing Ben Affleck's Batman because only a couple days before we saw the movie, the headlines are, you know, Ben Affleck's trying to gracefully bow out of the role. And so the whole time I'm watching this movie and I had, I had a very split, uh, a very, a very split time uh, enjoying this movie, but one of the negatives was why should I why should I get invested in what Ben Affleck is selling me if it's going to be Jake Gyllenhaal the next time out? I really who, hope whoever. not. I don't like that. I really don't. Um, I don't think he's. It, it it stinks because I think Ben Affleck is he's the, he's a perfect Batman. 
but if if written correctly, he's he looks like Bruce Wayne. He's big. He's bulky. Like he he's kind of like the Bruce Tim version come to life. Yeah, and he has that. You know, he's Ben Affleck. The person has that recognizability. Like even even in in this movie, um, like, and I, I guess in when Barry when Barry goes to the the flash cave and Bruce is waiting for him and he's like, Oh, you're a guy sitting in my thing. I'm like, how the fuck do you not know who Bruce Wayne is? But I guess if Elon Musk was sitting in my house when I got home, I wouldn't necessarily know who he was, but Ben Affleck has that, like he's got that celebrity to him that, you know, that's, he could easily be Bruce Wayne. He's got the jaw, the looks, the celebrity. Everyone knows who he is. He's huge. He's a big dude. He's, you know, he can just get fucking ripped. He's fucking Batman. He should be Batman. And for me, his uh, his desire to get out of this role undercut everything that I really should have appreciated about Batman in this movie because I couldn't quite separate like every time Batman said something cool every time he did something Batman like I was like I wasn't like oh my god that was awesome I was thinking last time I'm going to enjoy that and that's not how I want to watch a movie it's you know what the fact of the matter is this was probably the best Batman that has ever been put on film you don't think he was better in BBS no no no, this one was this one one I felt like they they got Batman just right. I wanted more def- I wanted more definitive. We take a mother box, we take the Kryptonium ship gel, we bring Superman back. This is how it's done. Because Bruce Wayne is the second smartest person in the DC universe next to Lex Luthor. So there was a lot of guesswork going on. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe this is going to bring it back. Maybe I, it isn't. I can live with that considering a human or Kryptonian or whatever. You, 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 just, you just don't know. You don't know if you can bring them back or not. I get it. But Bruce Wayne is exceptional. I know. It's not Bruce Wayne's exceptional. Crime, he's got, he's got all of, he's got the world's knowledge base in Cyborg to rely on at that moment. Barry Allen's no slouch either. Also a genius. Like these three together, like I want a definitive plan from those three saying, look, this is both of those like cyborg and Barry Allen are young superheroes at this point. Barry Allen's young still like he, he advances in his career as Barry Allen, not as the flash. He's not Barry Allen becomes the flash in this universe way younger than he does in the comics. Right, but so Barry you have Allen to kind of give that yeah, respect. but he has, he still has the knowledge base to build on. But Just because you're a genius doesn't mean that you can like instantly figure that stuff right. out and be 100% confident in it. Exactly. And I'm not saying they need to be 100% confident, but Cyborg knows everything ever because but he can access... But it all just hit him like an avalanche. But, he, but by the time they're figuring out the Superman stuff... He's able to access everything at right, that point. Right, but he can't even he's control able, his own body. So. He can't control his own body. He can't control his def- defense mechanisms, but he's able to tap in to 
all of electronics, all of the internet. He can get into all of the government and you know Luther Corp and the Kryptonian ships access. He can know all of that stuff. So him, between him and Batman, there should be a definitive plan. Look, that's not how science. This works, is going to work. Like you have a hypothesis and then you try things out, and sometimes you fail and sometimes you succeed. Like that's not you. Like, scientists and people of that ilk don't go in and say it's definitive, de- definitively going to work this first time. Like they have to try it out. Yeah, Paul, I would think somebody of your uh, stature and knowledge base of just general science would know these things. Or even like science. These guys should be smart enough that that it wasn't... ridiculous nitpick. No, it's not not a ridiculous nitpick. They should be smart enough to put together better than, oh, I hope this works. Like, they need to go in... they They need to go in confident. Well, I, I think this was you really like I think this is really like if we're a getting down bridge to like look, the, you're burning down your bridge with this movie over they weren't oh sure my god that no. their plan oh my was going to no. work. There, I know you have other nits tons to of pick, tons of worse things. This is insane that you're spending this long. No, ultimately, on, they were unsure. Ultimately, they don't bring Superman back like this at all because I think it undermines the entire story. Having Cyborg and Flash dig up his body and then force him to come back like it's so much more it's natural Frankenstein-esque it's so much more natural in the death of Superman and the, the return of Superman the original comic book story where he's just in a stasis rejuvenating game. stasis the whole time it takes him a couple years to come back he's it just was, it was a year wasn't it it was a year I think yeah. I don't know how long and, it was comic didn't book time. he bring himself back in a sense like he yeah. was in the afterlife he saw his dad there yeah, yeah and the and no, nobody made nobody came and got him like he just came back right in the fortress the fortress is just kind of slowly like fixing him and rebuilding him until he comes back Right, but they didn't do it this way. Like they did it a different way. They had the Justice League assemble and realize that they were lesser than. They needed, they needed Superman because the world needs Superman and they need him as well. Like I think that's a heroic thing for them to try and do. Sure, it's Frankensteinian, but it's the it's them doing a heroic thing by bringing him back. Like ghoulish as it is yeah it was i mean it's necessary that they brought him back it wasn't like a decaying fucking what i would say is i was surprised that he came back as early in the movie as he did i thought he was going to show up at the not the very very end but almost the very end do you think that the reshoots had anything to do with this maybe i don't know i mean Certainly something went very differently because in the trailer you see the back of him walking toward Alfred and Alfred is repairing a car or something and he's like, oh, they said you'd come back. I just hope it's not too late. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And that most definitely was not in this movie. And I was kind of looking forward to that moment because it looked like Superman comes back just in time to save his friends or in this case I guess they're not really friends yet but you know save the team whereas in this movie he was already back he was ready to go he went into battle with these people more or less yes I mean I guess he did show up after the fight started but he had to have a tender moment on the farm I like the tender moment on the farm I thought that there was were little nice. good things like the very end with 
um, you know, Martha gets the house back and, and then Bruce Wayne's like, yeah, I bought the bank. It's like, well, that takes care of that. Yeah. I mean, like, it. those are the kinds of things that I think uh, fans w- were dying for, you know, to bring some some levity and some character into these movies. And this one delivered just the way um, Wonder Woman delivered in that sense. Mm-hmm. A big strength of the DC characters is their interaction outside of the costumes. Seeing Clark and Bruce sit down together as adults, as Batman, as Superman, just sit down at the the Kent dinner table and have a conversation. Because Batman, you know, Bruce is a character that grew up without his parents. Clark's a character that grew up with his parents. They both suffered parental loss in different ways. Clark lost his dad to a heart attack. He couldn't prevent. Or a uh, fucking, you know, right. uh, hurricane, yeah, hurricane that he could have easily I'm, fucking yeah, stopped. I'm talking but traditional. You know that. I'm talking traditional comic book lore, which is one of the things that, like, one of the big things that these characters are, are built upon. And, you know, Bruce, uh, we all know how Bruce lost his parents. But it's a, it's a bonding moment that they can sit down that they can sit down together, they have a semi-shared history that they can relate to with each other. They can have, you know, like Bruce can lean on Martha Kent as a mother that he never really had. That's why I think it's insane that Bruce ever let the Kent farm get purchased by the bank in the first place. Like, yeah. after he felt this immense guilt <laughs> about the death of her son, there's no way that he would let the bank by the the farm. So I think like I get it. I get it. It's a moment that they have to have later in the movie. Yeah, and but, it worked earlier on as well with yeah. Lois and and Martha, you know, Having just a talking moment. about it. it and Batman's yeah, busy throughout I, the rest I, yeah, of the movie. Like I get he, it, but I kind of feel like he, he does would, have the same sentiment at the end. I, I just feel like he would have been on top of that. It Probably. doesn't break the movie. Right. It's fine. It's maybe it's fine. another another nit. Yeah, I mean like I don't care that much i just think that he would have had somebody looking after that. okay yeah fair. you know what i mean but it gave us a great joke that's it's, it's fun i bought the bank it's a reflex you know it was a funny funny little moment between them it was one of those personal moments paul that you're pointing at as they can just be themselves walk around right. a u-haul exactly talk a little I, and bit. i like i like that side of bruce i like and, the and bruce, i like the rye comedy of Bruce because like he's joking and Bruce I mean is- he did by the bank but he's also like little you know elbow on the ribs of Clark eh, I bought yeah, the bank and that's something Kevin Conroy delivered perfectly in the animated series because when he was Bruce Wayne he was he was compassionate he was he wasn't a giant doofus but there was an air of like lightheartedness with him and we got a little bit of that with Bruce Wayne and, you know, the buying the bank, even with the, the I'm rich. Probably a cliche line, but that's that line. That's the Bruce Wayne that, that I want to see. funnier in the theater than it was yeah, I agree. in the, the trailers point. for whatever reason. Maybe the just the context of the movie. Yeah, I'm sure. But it, it got a big laugh out of my They theater. shouldn't have put it in the promotional stuff. It just didn't. 
didn't it work. Yeah, I don't no, think with, in that context. But um, you know what? One of the biggest strengths of the movie was I kind of thought about after I saw it was it. Um, I felt like the team, all of the characters on the team, had incredibly defined uh, personalities and characteristics that were really different from one another. Like it felt mm-hmm. like kind of the perfect team to create because each one was kind of like its own thing. Maybe, maybe cliched. I don't know, but, but I don't care either. Like they were all different. You know, there wasn't like much overlap in the characters. So for example, Batman was the, um, was kind of the, <laughs> In a, in a weird way, like the glue, but yet the repellent at the same time. <laughs> you know, he was pushing all the right buttons, the calculating one. Um, you know, the Flash was was the comic relief, and he was kind of like the young green uh, hero. Uh, Wonder Woman was kind of like the natural uh, hero. Um, it, Aquaman was kind of like the cool guy, which, by the way, had the funniest part in the whole movie. With the lasso. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Well, at first I was like, what's going on here? Like it started to get weird. And then he, you know, realizes he was sitting on it. It's like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's, that's a good use of the powers for humor. Right. Right. When they're just kind of, I mean, yeah, it was pre battle. It wasn't like they were just, you know, hanging out on a Sunday, but it was still just kind of them. It was, it it was those personal moments that I think we all really like in our superhero comics and films and TV shows. And to bring that, that human element to such a, a big movie like the justice league, the movie where each character is, is almost godlike in their abilities. You know, these, you know, this isn't the X-Men. It's not even the Avengers. This is the Justice League. This is the A-listers of A-listers together. And yet they they managed to like squeeze as much humanity out of it as they can. Or I should say inject as much into it that they can. Uh, I felt like they did a really good job with that. So that was one of my favorite things. Just kind of seeing that... that diversity amongst the characters. Um, I loved that. I appreciate that sentiment. And objectively, I understand why they shifted a lot of puzzle pieces to make the team dynamic work. But at the same time, uh, comic book writers have been writing these characters as the traditional character personalities for years and haven't had to deviate and make Flash and Aquaman different characters entirely to fit the team dynamic. And I think it was just a bit of laziness on the part of the writers of this movie that, hey, we're going to make Flash the funny guy and we're going to make Aquaman the tough, cool guy. I think they could have had, they could have made these characters the traditional characters that they are and work just as well with the standard archetypes of Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman because comic book writers have been doing it for years. Right. Um, as we talked about earlier, I, I, I disagree with the, with your, your take on, 
how the Flash was not a uh, how how much you didn't like the Flash, I guess, is what I want to say. Nothing um, about him. Uh, right, right, right. If you change his name to Wally West, is it better? Because it would be it's, it's better the character. By, by like ten percent. By ten percent. Uh, well, the Flash character by, by has, thirty by thirty three percent. There were three elements that absolutely tanked the Flash in my eyes. Okay. It was the character. Costume, powers. Okay, Ex- explain the powers because like he was fast. You didn't like the way that his speed time or his bullet time worked. Is that right? Yeah, I was kind of let down. Like I wanna like going into this movie, I knew I wasn't gonna like the portrayal of his personality because I'm a Flash fan. I'm a Barry Allen fan, and Ezra Miller was not Barry Allen. Ian, I know you're willing to slide the scale, have a little bell curve to the grading, and be like, well, maybe if... Yeah, I'll close my eye, I'll squint and make him Wally West, and it's fine. I don't have to squint. He he was like Wally West. Right, He but was like the Justice League version he was. that a lot he of people really, know. He really was, but he was Barry Allen. I get that. I understand. It didn't so, break the movie for me. Well, Th- that the- right. And this is where, like, I understand the objectivity of this movie. I understand why they changed a couple personalities to work better in the team frame. Um, I understand the general movie going public that they need to see how someone can move so fast and not get hurt. Like, I understand the description of the suit. And, like I understand objectively why they made him this way in the movie, um, but subjectively, that's not that's not Barry Allen. That's not the Flash. He's it's kind of sort of see it averse. is the, it is the Flash. It just is Wally West. Like in the fact that they took another right. version of the Flash. And sure, it's not the same name, but the Flash. Is like that. There is a version of the Flash that is like that. Exactly. There is. His name's Wally West. Right. So hey, let's make Ezra Miller Wally West. Right. Ah, uh, objectivity again. I don't know. We really like Barry Allen's backstory. Wally West doesn't have a tumultuous backstory. There's nothing to work with because Wally West's backstory is: Hey, my uncle Barry's the Flash. I want to be a hero. There's, there's no, you know, there's no grit in that. It's just, it's pure good guy wanting to be a hero, wanting to do what your pure hero uncle does. So they can't use Wally West's backstory. So, you know what? We need to keep Barry's backstory. So I guess we're just going to make him Barry. And objectively, I totally understand. I get why they did it, but they, they do it on CW. With Barry, Barry's backstory, Barry's would personality. You, would, would you be upset if they use Wally West, but they he, his screen time is cut in half because they don't want to get into all the Flash legacy stuff, and they just want to have this particular personality, this particular point of view? If it was Wally West without any of the going to, they're not they're not able to because in order to do a traditional Wally West backstory. 
you need to know who Barry Allen is. And Barry Allen, the, the, so you're going to... The gonna, fans don't, like, the, the viewing public doesn't need to know any of that stuff. Like, they really don't. Like, they, they brushed everybody up on who Barry Allen was in 10 seconds with, oh, you got hit by, while we're digging Superman out of his grave, oh, you got hit by lightning, huh? That mm. must have fucking sucked, player. You, like, you got, that's all it was. Yeah, they brushed you up on who the Flash was, not who Barry Allen was. And like, right, my, so they could have done that opinion, with they could have done that with Wally West too, and then and cut all of his other backstory out, and you would have had less Flash, but you would have had a truer representation to that character from the cartoons and the comic books. Would that have been acceptable to you? No, because they could have done they could have done Barry Allen. They could have done Barry Barry's backstory. Barry's origin, Barry's personality in this setup, but they didn't. They just, they kept pushing it and pushing it Don't and they pushed him to been... be the comic relief. They should have twisted it to that Barry, like Barry Allen is, he's not, he's not joke, joke, joke all the time. Barry's funny because he's, no, he's, he's no joke. Yeah. He's a stoic guy. He's funny because he's unknowingly the butt of jokes. But that's not what they wanted, and that's probably not would have worked. In right. This. I get why they did it. And the big disclaimer for me going into a, a review of Justice League, the movie, is I'm I I am incapable of watching this movie objectively. Well, I don't understand why you wouldn't be accepting of having Wally West, a character that acts just like that, um, be placed in this role. I I don't understand why that's not acceptable. Like they could have. They don't. They didn't really explain who the Flash was, really. Like they're just like this guy's fast. Something happened to him, and like that's all that the audience needs to know. And the way that you tell Barry's story would be in his fucking Flash movie, and you go into the Speedster legacy and all that other complicated if, stuff, it, and you can have your cake and eat it too. Because if he's Wally in Justice League, right. the movie, and they're planning on doing a flash movie right co- cl- that's clearly going to cover the the origin story and if it's wally you're gonna have to cover barry and who right. barry is and then you run into the problem of well why haven't we seen barry in the dc expanded universe before that's not a if pro- this is a superhero a at all why haven't it is though because no, the only the only so reason wally the He's only the fastest man on earth you don't have to ever fucking see him you never have to see him save anyone because everybody's too slow for that shit. That's 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 such a that's not you don't who, think that that's the writers who, can write around. I just wrote around in two fucking. That's words. not who Barry Allen is. That's not who the Flash is. They have a fucking Flash museum. Then like it's, the, the then Flash it's, is a big character. Barry Allen is a big character. You can't write out Barry and be like, "Oh yeah, that's his uncle. He was fast too. He's trying to be like his uncle." Well, then you you can expand. Then you can even expand it's it like, and not have the hard and fast. Like Superman is the first hero that ever fucking happened. He ever. shouldn't be. Like he you, shouldn't be because well, then, you can, then you can just do it and write it and expand it. It's the same problem they're gonna have with Justice League or with Wonder Woman two. When, like, Bruce in this movie is like, you came out of the shadows when you were in love with Steve Trevor to fight, and then you disappeared for a century. Where have you been? Well, what the fuck is Wonder Woman 2 going to be about if Wonder Woman hasn't been seen in a century? 
Like it's it's just it's bullshit movie shit. Well, I, <laughs> it's bullshit movie shit. Well, she was and only that, that, she was, that only, would be she was what, only seen in one random ass picture that they had to fucking dig and dig and dig for. Like, you don't think that she maybe could have covered her tracks? Like, if Winter Soldier can cover his tracks, I think Wonder Woman can do that shit too. Bullshit movie shit, whatever. But you can there's, write around that stuff. There's People a, do it all the look, time. There's a there's a rich legacy with these DC characters, right? That should not be swept under the rug. You don't. You, I'm not sweeping it you under are. the rug. I'm no, saying you're, you're not I'm sweeping saying, it under the rug. I, I you said, just said. I said tell the whole story in a flash separate movie. That's what I said. Is that the rug? Is the, the rug a whole fucking motion picture? Yeah, is that the rug. It is That's insane. because you just said. You don't even need to see Barry Allen. He's fast. You never see him. You just swept well, that, that Barry can, Allen to Wally's whole legacy that, that can explain, under the rug. That can explain why Metropolis maybe doesn't know about him, but maybe he's a hero in fucking Central City. Not using a traditional Barry Allen was a big misstep for me. I didn't like... I didn't Because his personality was wrong... This isn't Barry Allen. He's more Wally West than Barry Allen. Uh, the suit is the worst superhero costume I have ever seen. I can't hate that shit with the fucking the the black wires holding it all together. Yeah, it's more. not good. I hate it. And they didn't even use his powers that good. What really let me down was in Man of Steel. We really see like that fucking effects team. The way they used Superman's super speed, um, the female Krypton, Feora's super speed, it was so fucking cool because we never saw that real life weight, that kind of movement before in like a real life super speed application. And Justice League just fell back to the old standby of everything's in slow motion. Like we didn't really, I think... Days of Future Past used Quicksilver's speed better than Justice League used the Flash's speed. It's very similar. What's the difference? It was it was way more laid back. It was way more stylized in Days of Future Past. It can't be Past. laid back and stylized at the same time, man. It can be. And I wanted it to be more like Man of Steel. Because Man of Steel, the flight in Man of Steel was spectacular. The way they used speed weight landings in man of steel they had like weight and proportion and gravity in man of steel done perfect and this felt like they just rushed through all the flashes speed oh we'll just slow <laughs> everything ironic. down right i think that's a it was just a it was a choice man like it was definitely a choice that that's the it way was that it was a lazy choice for 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 you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I and I don't know how I'm you not, wanted it. I'm not giving to be. Ian's opinion. I'm giving my opinion. I thought it was fucking lame. Yeah. I thought it was fucking weak ass sauce, and they should have stepped up their you fucking should, game. It should have been like that movie. It should have been more like the movie where Superman was a fucking fisherman or whatever the fuck he was doing in Man of Steel that nobody liked except you, which is insane because it was it was not even fucking Superman. He was on a fucking oil rig half the time with a beard but that's your favorite movie of all time you're right you'll sit here to this day and fucking defend that piece of shit movie over 
something else that was actually entertaining. That's exactly what I said. I said Flash should be a fisherman, not they should have used the superior speed the I'm speed surprised motion. that you weren't upset oh. more that... <laughs> are you going to let me talk or are you going to keep interrupting me? I, You're going to interrupt me because, yeah, because I just fucking slam your do. fucking dumb point into that's, the fucking that, ground and your only recourse is to interrupt you, me you so slam, I don't get it out. You didn't I did slam my, because my all dumb you point did, into the ground. All you did was, was argue... You, now you're, you're, can you let me talk? Talk talk all you want. All you did was talk argue you how bad Man of Steel was. You didn't argue that the the way they used speed in Man of Steel, the the CG they used for that in Man of Steel was far better than the standard slow was, motion. I see Flash it, and it slow slight, motion every week it, on the Flash. It was just slightly every, you're still though. interrupting me. It was just you're still interrupting though. me. Every week on Supergirl, I see the same speed force slow motion. They didn't show me anything new. It was the same. Still interrupting. They didn't show me conversation. The same old shit. Like, I yeah, I know there was a lot wrong that people didn't like in Man of Steel, but the way the effects were used, the the you know speed was used, flying gravity, the effects in Man of Steel. Were you keep saying awesome. that, and they didn't do that in Justice. It League. was just different than the way that they did it in Man of Steel. That's all, and it was, it was less and impressive. You just, and you just, you you just didn't like it. That's all, because it was said, the same old, same off, old. And you set off. What were you and, excited and, by? What effect did you see in, in Justice League that you were like, oh my god, I've never seen something used like that before? I didn't go in looking for just only effects. To right, we my go in. World. We go I in for a whole for gravity. I don't no, either. I, I go for go ahead, heart, mo- heart moments. Go ahead. There were a lot of heart moments, man. They and they even yeah, went in exactly. there and they, they took your favorite fucking character, we, Superman, and built a whole gigantic scene. That's what a I'm romantic, saying. Romantic, gigantic scene. You and me Didn't go you in. Like that. You and me go in for the whole experience. Uh, soft, quiet moments. Don't sit here and try to twist this on me and try to make us soft, again. quiet moments. Big action moments, but there was no there was no big action moment in this movie. Like no big effect that I was like, like, oh my any, god, I've never seen that before. You didn't like any of the Nightcrawler stuff with with the the Batman Nightcrawler scene where they're fighting the Parademons and some of the 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 stuff that Wonder Woman was doing. And I know that it had the weak ass Flash effect, and we saw Flash push the sword back to Wonder Woman, but I thought that was a cool little moment. I thought that was a cool use of his speed. Yeah. I thought all all of building up the Flash, saving the people, and going back and forth, I don't know if it was the same canned the same canned version of slow motion that you always see, because it did have some, some changes to it, like because he burst in and out from time to time. When you saw it from his vantage point, sure, everything was slow, but it was different than what you've seen in Days of Future Past and every week on The Flash. It, it was it was a little bit different. You just didn't like it, man. The the moment where he decides to run around the thing, he's moving parademons, he pushes the sword back to her. Like, I thought that was the best use of flash because you're from his perspective and it does slow everything down but i wanted to see more even when he's pulling you know batman tells him just save one person and he's pulling people out the the cg doesn't have the same weight that when feora's 
jumping from soldier to soldier in Man of Steel. It's scary because it's real life. It looks like a real life application of that kind of speed. And that's what I like. That's the precedent that Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers has set. And it just we didn't get it in this movie. Well, and that it, let me down. I'm a DC dummy, but isn't he tapping into the speed force? And isn't that slightly different than just regular people being fast? Ah, I think it is. So wouldn't it be a little bit different than just a Kryptonian who's fast doing things? I think I think that that's the absolute most amazing rationalization to win you this argument that I've ever heard. Because what it really is, what it really is, is this movie has been plagued with so many fucking problems since the beginning that they needed to rush this shit out. And you know what? Just do it in slow motion. We don't have time to do the Feora effect. So let's just get it done. But yes, Speed Force looks different on screen than regular Kryptonian super speed. <laughs> Matt, you've been awfully quiet over there. I wanted you to get everything out. Uh, Paul, I completely empathize with what you're saying that this character, Barry Allen, that you love wasn't accurately represented on the screen. When you have an attachment uh, that goes beyond the screen to a certain character... And then they show up on the screen, finally, right? For the first time in, in cinema. And it doesn't live up to your expectations, to what you have read in the comics for years. That can be disappointing. You know, a perfect example for me is, I think, that uh, the new Spider-Man movie missed the mark with uh, Peter Parker. That as good of a movie as it was, and you know, as good as the jokes were, as good as the personality was, it, it really wasn't Peter Parker from the comic books. So I can relate to that. With that said, I, I kind of have to take issue with uh, most of your other points. I, I don't know if um, everybody shares the same opinion as you. I'm going to guess that most people probably do, that uh, his costume was terrible. I have been fine with it since the very beginning. Um, it looks fine to me. I, I don't understand, like... I mean, they take liberties with all of these characters' costumes. I, I don't. I guess I don't understand what makes this one so egregious. I think it looks like a suit of armor. Um, I guess. I mean, fine. Wear some the, armor while you're running that fast. Yeah, but... I, I have an overall issue with the general design aesthetic yeah. for the DC Extended Universe overall. I think everything is over-designed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I just It just doesn't bother me in the least, so it like doesn't even register as being a problem with me. Um, you know, I would say at least the colors, right? Like, when I look at the TV show, it's not even the right color. Yeah, like, but not... You're still thinking about season one, Flash. We're well into season two, and right now, it's red. It's as red as your microphone. Padding, For those of you that, that can't see the microphone right now it's that are listening, red. it's very red. It's 0C, 1M, 100M, 100 yellow. Maybe, maybe they'll make some adjustments and they'll fix it. You know, you were willing to give the TV show version a chance to uh, write some of its 
sins like I, didn't the tv show have a black center to the logo to start it like was burgundy what the fuck yeah like i mean just get, <laughs> give it a chance maybe you fucking kidding me i mean look at look at the improvements that they made in amazing spider-man to amazing spider-man 2 didn't even have to explain it they just fixed it and that's they're like wh- that's why it's one of the reasons it's so hard to be crazy critical about these characters in this movie because this is like the way they handled like Superman begins in Man of Steel. It's kind of the way they're handling Barry Allen begins in Justice League and Aquaman begins in Justice League. Like they need their own solo movies to have their individual character arcs to get them to you know the the personalities in the suits that were more familiar with like these are very early portrayals these are the first go-rounds of these characters in a greater hero landscape Mm -hmm. it would be like if iron man showed up to the avengers in that suit that he was wearing in the caves that he first fashioned yeah like and i like i want to think that's where they're going with this but i'm tired of fucking waiting for dc to get it together like i had to like i like i really love man of steel i understood what they were doing with it but like the big criticism with man of steel was he wasn't superman so why are you gonna start us why are you gonna introduce us to the flash and aquaman that aren't the flash and aquaman learn from your mistakes assholes make him the flash make him aquaman make aquaman be doing aquaman shit we just haven't seen him Wait, for two mean, movies what do you mean he wasn't superman in man of steel what are you talking about he was still learning how to be superman in man of steel oh okay. because superman doesn't murder and once he kills zod then at the end of superman then he be then he realizes you know his you know morality and his destiny and how to be you know hope to the universe Oh, um, his, the Flash's powers. I I don't want this to be the Flash episode, but I wanted to touch but on the. He's three the most egregious part of this movie. So, uh, well, you know, some would argue he was the best part of the movie. So, uh, his powers I thought were cool. Like I, that's the, out of everything that you said, that's the one that I take the most issue with, because I felt like his his portrayal of his powers did every which like portrayed them every which way you saw them from your point of view and you saw them from his point of view depending on the scene Ian, you brought up the point when he kind of like nudges um wonder woman's sword back to her that was very much in the same style that they did quicksilver in days of future past which was a more stylized and comedic way of doing it that's exactly what that was other times you would see him running fast and maybe you don't see the weight necessarily, but you're certainly seeing it from, you know, the, the human's perspective, the super fast guy with the lightning. I thought, I know it wasn't the right color, but the lightning looked cool. It was a cool, like addition to like, I think really accenting how fast he was. Uh, the sounds when he did it, the, the wind that would kick up when, when his powers would like kind of, um, 
activate or whatever i thought was really cool i loved the way that that character looked even the nonchalant ways that he used his powers when we first are introduced to him and he draws on that dude who's waiting in line with him he draws on his face real quickly <clears throat> yep, with yep. the marker like there was no flash or bang or anything yeah, like that yeah, it was right. just like a sleight of hand kind of thing i wish they would have did more of that kind of stuff I wish his powers would have been um, re represented like that a little bit more. Yeah, I'm sure in his own movie you're going to get tons of that. You know, this was this was a tricky one because you were introducing three major characters while trying to somewhat redefine other characters that maybe missed the mark in their own movies. And there was there was just so much to cram into it, which already had a really brisk pace. Um, those are the kinds of things that I don't think would have helped the movie if you like would have added more of those moments of comedy. I think maybe a little bit deeper explanation of some of like the story beats would have helped it more. I felt like, you know, Steppenwolf probably should have been a more expanded villain. Uh, they probably should have, um, I think emphasized his ties to dark side more, yeah. you know, hinted more at what was coming because this one was pretty much tied up in a neat little bow by the end of it, which really surprised me. I thought that they were going to show this team, um, you know, basically pass the first test, but hint at yet another one. And there's barely a hint of it. Well, I mean, like uh, Steppenwolf does get essentially rescued by the <clears throat> boom tube at the end. You know, like he gets pulled out of that. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, so like he's he's lives to fight. Essentially saved. Yeah, it's like a, um, like like a a, a tactical retreat more than a defeat. Mm -hmm. I feel like I or, I mean that's just me. I just I almost felt like uh, I don't know. Seven Wolf almost got wimpier as the movie went on. Like by the time you know the team beats his ass. I'm like, did they really need Superman to beat this guy? You know what I mean? Like, it felt like yeah. they got all the trouble bringing Superman back because he's so needed, and yet it barely felt like he was necessary. I, I feel mean, like I, they should have gotten their ass kicked a little bit more in the first encounter. Right. Like, they seemingly handled it until the Gotham Harbor gave out. And, right. like, the Gotham Harbor beat the Justice League, yeah. not necessarily Steppenwolf. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to say a couple more things. Um, I took some notes while you were talking earlier, Paul. Um, I, I actually have to also kind of agree with, um, with Ian whenever he made the comparison to, uh, Man of Steel in the way that. Superman was represented in a way that was pretty foreign to the character in that movie, which you, which you love, but yet you're going to take issue with the flash being misrepresented in this. I, I guess I don't understand exactly where you draw the line. Like what, what's the difference between what between like Superman being, misrepresented in Man of Steel compared to the comics. Like Ian said, you know, half the movie's on a tanker, he's a vagabond, all that stuff. That's that's not, not Superman. It never was. It was never in his origin story or any of that stuff. That's that's why I said it's hard to be crazy critical about Barry Allen and Aquaman in this movie because 
they could just be laying the groundwork for larger character development in their own movies. Mm-hmm. The same with it's it's the the um, microcosm example is cyborgs, the look of cyborg cyborg's costume. By the way, in this movie. By the way, I really liked cyborg in this. Ray Fisher really good. He impressed me more than um, Ezra, Ezra Miller and. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. I was really happy with... Uh, I still think... something, because you are a cyborg hater. I still think cyborg super lame, but I thought Ray Fisher did a really good job. I um, thought it was cool. I thought... I, yeah. You know what? See, that was why I like this movie, was because... Well, not the only reason, but like, all these characters had their not only their own distinct personalities, but the, I felt like... Okay, admittedly, maybe the Flash costume isn't exactly what you want, but like... They each had their own kind of defined, different look. You know, this isn't like the new 52 version of the characters where they felt like they all had the same tailor. Like, they all looked pretty different. Like, the most similar one's probably Batman and Superman because of that goofy texture on each of their costumes. But, like, generally, they all look good. They look different. Like, they look different, but yet good together. Yeah. Yeah, and the, you know, the, you know, the, the microcosm example is Cyborg's suit um all movie he looks like a michael bay nightmare it's <laughs> or over- dream it's <laughs> yeah wet dream <laughs> it's overly complicated there's too much shit going on but in the epilogue scene of the movie he's reforming himself and he's the smooth sleek comic book cyborg that we all know and love we only get to see it that we all know and tolerate right it was kind of like no because we love him in teen titans it was like in a book um, that he belongs in okay the robocop remake remember how he's black and the whole thing and then it wasn't until the very end that they show him in silver Mm -hmm. and you're like oh cool just in time for the sequel that they're never gonna make yeah and that's like so i want to as much as I didn't like Ezra Miller's portrayal of Barry Allen in this movie, he is young, he's a novice, and he has a lot of time to grow up and become the Barry Allen that I'm more familiar with. Mm-hmm. Trim down the suit, sleek it out, be a little more reserved in his personality. So, like, the cyborg costume, I was so mad. I'm like, you fucking assholes have this costume change up your sleeve the whole movie and we get fucking dog shit until the very end. Didn't you think uh, it was really cool, this is kind of unrelated, but like when Batman, you know, they're going into battle and Batman tells Barry Allen who expresses his apprehension, he's like, I've never done battle before. And he's like, just save one person. Knowing that once he realizes how easy it is to just save one person, he can actually be effective and and save a lot of people, and that's exactly what he did. And I, this is a kind it, of training moment that he probably gave a young Robin that got beat to death by a Joker at some. It point. was right, but like that just shows like the way that Batman the whole time like pushed all the right buttons. Like Batman didn't really have a defining moment in this movie. Um, you know, the, his best part <laughs> was every time he shot a gun. <laughs> his best parts were probably as Bruce Wayne, or just when he was like talking. Um, to his, like Flash or his defining moment was him laying on that really green grass, like ah oh, my ribs or whatever. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Oh, and he was like 
definitely bleeding somewhere. Yeah, I, I didn't love that, but it looked so weird because it was like the so dark Batman against like the greenest where, grass I've ever seen in my life. Where was <laughs> against, that? Against like the Cubs outfield. Where was the city um, that was? Metropolis. No, no, no. The the European, the Eastern European oh, city. Oh, somewhere in like Russia Chechnya. Russia general. You know, apparently there Russia. was only one family that lived in this city. That's like, all they had to save. Was like, like Superman, you're extras. saving that apartment building. There's nobody. I didn't see one in there. other person. It was that family. No, and that no, was there. It. Are, there are a couple quick scenes where there were other people out in the oh, streets. Okay. We like, assume they did, were in that apartment building. Did you not fucking love when Flash pushes the truck and then Superman flies by holding the building? There was some good comedic it was I, levity. There were there were some amazing things. In this movie, there were some things that I absolutely love. I cried a little bit watching this movie. You know what I didn't cry during? Thor. Because there were no heartfelt moments in one iota of that movie. Right. But right. this isn't the and, Thor review. Right. You, you just you mentioned this movie, that you cried a little bit. I there remember was, you loved Thor let's, based let's, on your let's review. Get back, let's, let's get back to that. Fuck all that negative shit. What, there were did, you, such, what, what did you get choked up there about, There were such man? good things like in this movie. All the Superman stuff. The Superman and Lois stuff, the Superman right. and Martha it, stuff, the it, the honest human moments of Superman. We got to really see Henry Cavill stuff. step into Superman. The movie starts with that. It all felt so natural. I loved that. I loved that camera footage. Even though the whole time I was watching the the kids' iPhone camera, I was like, man. This is really good cinematography from a supposed nine-year-old asking you, Superman for podcast questions. You want a job, kid? <laughs> did you guys notice that the CGI on his how was? I I did notice it. I did too, and I was I didn't know why it looked off, but I knew it looked off, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, they had to CGI that out, which really pisses me off because. I shouldn't be distracted by that, right? But I was distracted by it because he was contractually obligated to keep it because of a little movie called Mission Impossible 6. That fucking stupid <laughs> asshole franchise. I am. I'll tell you why. Because they also had a monopoly on the the title Rogue back like... <gasps> Back like two years ago, where um, Disney had to basically not do anything about Rogue One. That's why like all that marketing shit got started as late as it did, because the current one, Mission Impossible Five, Rogue whatever, some what was it Rogue called? Nation. Rogue Nation. Are you re are you really gonna stick up for the mega corporation Disney and their it'll bittle fight with? Mission Impossible and Stupid Paramount. fucking Mission Impossible has already affected two franchises that I like a hell of a lot more than that dumb Tom Cruise garbage. So, yes. Well, maybe Warner Brothers should have had their shit together and filmed that whole movie. Like, yes, I know. I know that there was some tragic things that yeah, happened. Yeah, I guess Warner Brothers that, couldn't exactly no, 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 foresee no, no. Right. Be the savant that you wish that they were. Right, right. And foresee all that. Right. But I don't know. Like the reshoots made this movie a hell of a lot better than sure. it probably would. Yeah, I, it injected no all of the heart in this movie. You I'm can sure tell it did. it's very clear the moments that Joss Whedon took over and directed and wrote some stuff. Probably, and yeah. and the it it was. I thought it was a great balance of those two directors' talents. I agree. I think they should fucking direct another movie together. Yeah, but actually make it together. Yeah, like plan it that way. Yeah, right. Instead of. You know, like because they highlight the things that one another 
does best. So I I don't know. I really liked it. There there's so there were a lot of moments in this movie that gave me genuine chills. One of the first moments is some one of the you know in the opening scenes whenever you start to hear the Batman theme the real not some fake Hans Zimmer bullshit driving pulsing beating bullshit theme no the Danny driving, pulsing beating bullshit theme I like it Danny Elfman was like we're using my fucking shit and put the Batman theme all over this movie you heard the Batman theme everywhere you know you heard the superman theme in this yes 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 i did because i paid attention and they they also credit john williams at the end of the i saw that yeah but yeah right after i wish i wish they were more prominent because ian let me tell you something tell me tell me i i liked the music in this movie paul i liked it i i didn't love it um i i should have loved it because these themes danny elfman do this he did yes these themes for Batman and Superman are so powerfully strong. And I've gone on record on this podcast, Paul, <laughs> saying that the Superman theme song is the best movie theme song in the history of movies. After Put, after watching the movie, I broke out the Batman theme song, the Batman album, right. just to listen to that. Because it, it just... I, I love that they brought it back. Like, there's no reason to create any other music for this character. It's and the music that has been used in so many iterations of this character. That's what we all know I, I Batman's wish, music to be. Just it, fucking use it. It still felt like they were keeping it sort of in the background, though. Like, yeah, they weren't, you didn't they think weren't that just. It, no, like, you never had the march, right? Like, where they were yeah. just like, this is fucking Batman. They especially should have done it for Superman when he, like, rises up. They should have played that fucking prominently and proudly. And it, there was like a whisper. When he rises it. up as like Frankenstein. Superman. Yeah. Because you don't I know. Don't you don't so. know yet. Only you, when he comes back and he's glorious. Only when they, only when they used. Okay, fine. When they used the John Williams Superman theme. Yeah. But they should have done it more in the front. Did we did we love that they fucking resaturated Superman's oh God, costume yeah. and Absolutely. it looked like fucking Superman? Um, our good buddy Justin Carr uh, sent me a, a link from a Danny Elfman interview where he was talking about going into scoring this movie and telling Warner Brothers that they've got a really rich music history to lean on between you know the Batman theme like and, and the, the most Superman iconic theme, music right. History. And you know he brought up the example of you know you don't see them changing the Star Wars theme going into these movies because it's so well, iconic one they did. and it fits it fits with these it fits with these movies don't argue with and Danny Elfman. it's and like Danny Elfman made a great point that like these themes are beyond age for these characters it's just point. as iconic as the S on Superman's yeah I mean that hope on his those chest. those musical notes belong with Superman yeah. you know the um, the the notes belong with Batman use those because they've been used multi-generationally. It's not like only people in their late 30s know that music. Mm -hmm. Even kids know that music because it's constantly used in different places. Even a show like Comic Book Men uses a variation of the John Williams Superman theme. So even, even in like subconscious ways, those are ingrained in the public. 
use that music. And I think they absolute I think Warner Brothers absolutely should lean into the history of not only the comic books, but the other media that's made them that's made those characters as big as they are in the public eye. Like they like lean they into it, make into, it happen. Like Wonder Woman now has iconic music as yep, well. Totally. And in this film you got featured the big three had yeah. three heavy hitting themes that got a rise out of the crowd every single time when that Batman music came on people were like oh I almost shit. Like, couldn't believe my ears I know I, I was like holy shit I They're only heard the- it once uh, dude, no, they played it's it. Throughout. It's throughout. The they Superman one's way less. The but. Superman one is once. Batman is throughout. It's at the beginning. There are sections in the middle, which where is they do fucking a little fine bit. because they didn't even bother giving Batman a theme song. And Bat Batman v Superman, eh, Batman, Schmatman. We don't need a theme. Well, for Superman him. technically didn't get a theme song in that movie either. Well, they they, pl- they barely used Flight barely. for Man I of Steel. They were going to use Flight whenever he was back. On the farm, you know, like because were, that is a also, little bit. They did, did they, they did a little bit because, like, that's a and good God piece damn, of is music. That an underrated that I think, theme. Like, you don't have to push aside the new stuff that does work. Like, flight does work. I mm-hmm. think that's a good, like, nice, peaceful kind of like stoic Superman music. But it's, for some it's, ass kicking Steppenwolf shit, you need John Williams. It's the Force theme. <laughs> To the Star Wars main title, yeah, and like and the Superman, you there's, there's no rule that you have to only use one or the other. You can use both. Dig into that rich history, mash it all together, and make all these movies as great yeah, as I, they possibly can be. There were there were a lot of things that I didn't like about Justice League, but there were a lot of things that I did like. Like I loved all the Superman stuff. I loved, uh, even though Lois kind of gives away. Every secret identity of everyone when she shows up in Centennial Park to keep him from killing She's the like, Justice Bruce, League. Get away from Clark! Look out, Diana! <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, get away from Clark Kent, one fifty-five Smallville Lane. Oh, so here's my thing. Here's 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 one of my big takeaways. So okay, Lois Lane goes back to the job. She's she's back in there. So Clark's alive again. Like they published that big article about Clark being dead and shit. Like, Superman's clearly back. It's pretty clear to the world. It would be, if anybody's thinking. <laughs> if, if you think... Yeah, but the whole fact that he wears glasses when he's Clark Kent, but he takes him off as Superman... Ah, that's it, right. That still fools people, too. So, like, it's just a dumb public in Metropolis. <laughs> it's it's just, like, real life. Well, We, yeah. we would be this dumb. <laughs> well, we assume that it happens comic book-like, where Clark's been on assignment in some distant African country for the last two years. He happens to come back when Superman comes back. Uh, The thing that stuck out to me about Lois Lane's uh, last article, she does the voiceover at, at, at the end of the movie, and the first word she says when she starts her voiceover is darkness. And I couldn't help thinking... Imprisoning me, all that I see, absolute horror. <laughs> and then she goes, she goes, it goes into the rest of it. But yeah, the the lowest stuff when you know she first settles down, Clark, and brings it back when they're on the farm. Even when they first get to the farm, she's like, "You smell good," and he's like, "Did I not before?" I'm like, he's been dead forever. I, and then thought, they dunked him in yeah. Krypton I goop. That was a, an odd 
exchange. To he be should have stopped because he was he's dead. Because he's he's just back at that point. He's just Clark. He's just a, he smells like a human slash Kryptonian at that point. <laughs> um, like I and the 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 bit when um, tomato tomato the bit in the field when like the the whole thing when. She's like, you know, you haven't spent a minute inside. He's like, I've been in a box for a while. I'm, I'm good. And she's like, you know, I kind of wish, I kind of hoped it was going to take you longer to, to heal. And he's like, well, why? And she's like, because now I have to send you away again. And it was really touching. It was really well done. Yeah. Uh, Amy Adams has really brought me around on her version of Lois. Her redheaded version. I loved when Diane Lane is Ma Kent showed up and she's just just touching him and feeling him and making sure that like he's really there this isn't an illusion he's really back and like all the superman stuff felt just so so good um it was absolutely the best superman stuff that we've seen from this this new uh version of superman to the point where i a superman like non-fan i'm like yeah sure We'd, Let's yeah. get give me a Superman movie. Like I'm in. Like talked, I definitely. We talked see it. about how you know Flash does the good deed. He saves the one truck of a family, and then he sees Superman carrying a whole apartment building out. Doesn't like, matter. It was empty, but whatever. That was yeah. a that was a great moment it's when Superman, house, Superman shows crack up <laughs> when he shows up on the scene, and he is just ripping everyone a new asshole. Steppenwolf is a fucking little bitch to Superman. He's fucking punching him. He's hitting him with heat vision. He's busting up his spot. Like Hit I love with the, seeing with the the wind breath or whatever that yeah, shit is. Mm-hmm. The, you like, know, it's he, the full scope of Superman's powers. He freezes. Which they usually don't like. They don't get into right. all the time. He freezes the axe. Uh, Wonder Woman breaks it in pieces. And my probably my favorite part of the movie, which has been brought up a lot, is when. There, Superman first comes back. He's fighting the league. He's got Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and and Aquaman, and like chokeholds on you know the Centennial Park monument. Flash is running around behind him, and there's a brief moment where everything's frozen. And we've seen this a ton of times in the movie. Flash enters the Speed Force. Everything else slows down around him, and Flash is gonna, in regular time, go you know ho hum do his business. And I was, and the the supreme nerd in me was unleashed in this this few seconds. I was like, Superman's got to look at him. Superman's got to look at him because Superman's just as fast as a flash. He's just a flash. He's got to do it. And then they fucking did it. And Superman's eye slowly turns to him, and then his head slowly looks over at him. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And I came in my pants. <laughs> Yeah, I also because he thought, throws <clears throat> down the rest of the league and then he grabs Flash by his throat and I'm like, fuck, yeah, fucking Superman. kill that imposter Barry Allen, motherfucker, <laughs> rip, rip those cords out of that shabbily <laughs> and strangle him with him. fucking costume. The uh, that moment, w- the look on Flash's face at that moment was yeah. really funny. But I thought maybe what was a slightly funnier moment is when he is introduced to Cyborg for the first time. And he has that really subtle look on his face. His mouth doesn't really open. His eyes just get kind of big, and he looks at him out the corner of his eye. That moment was so funny to me. You know what I'm talking about? It It was so subtle, but like... Anything less subtle and it wouldn't have worked. It was it was perfect. And those were the things I think I liked the best about the Flash's 
humor in this versus like the more you know outrageous stuff like what are you doing sitting in my second favorite chair yeah. <laughs> i thought when he was eating the pizza that made me laugh too but whatever i like that too um and that reminds me i, I also love the bit when they're digging up clark's body yeah where they're you know cyborg is like let's just fucking do this and you know flash is chatty kathy and he's like oh well you know you stumbled uh, into this like mother box technology and I got hit by lightning. He's like, Oh, we're kind of the accidents. And I really wanted that to be the arc of those two. I wanted them to really bond over that through the rest of the movie. And maybe there would have been, maybe there were script beats that got cut out because like the rest of the league was born into that. Essentially, they made those decisions. They chose to be there and I thought that was a really good bonding moment between the two of them. And we got a little fist bump at the very end uh, between those two. But I, I wanted a little bit more from that because it was a really heartfelt, touching moment that we, we're not supposed to be here, but we are now. So let's really make this happen. My my favorite flash beat was when he's talking to Bruce originally and he mentions how everybody basically is just... Everybody is just too slow and it's hard for him to understand because people are too slow. And that's a part of the psychology of the flash that I think is always underserved because everybody would be too slow it's and like, things would be like, it would be frustrating and you would be antsy what was that and song you would be uncomfortable. The, um, the ballad of Barry, ballad ballad of Barry, of Barry Allen. Allen. Yeah. yeah. That's a good song, by the it's way. It's a it's a great song. I posted it on uh, Twitter today. Mm-hmm. Like it really to me, it really has. It, it's this. It's like a a sad side of it's a lament the 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 super of of being so fast and mm-hmm. you know like I. I'd really like to get to know you, but you're talking way too slowly and like mm-hmm. it's it's just a great psychological look into how the flash would react with yeah. the world. And it was a little taste and you don't really get any more of that with the flash, but I thought it was a nice sort I'm of sure nod the, to that. These are things idea. that could and should be explored in his solo movie and probably will be. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we had a lot of differing opinions tonight. Heated debate, passionate <laughs> passions rise and fall. Uh, I'm interested to see how we rank these movies. Uh, I, I'll do. You, who wants to go first? Does anybody want to go first? I no, I don't want to. I'll no, go first. I don't. I'll go first. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I came out of this film really excited. Excited for the DC universe. Excited to see more Superman movies, more Flash movies. Aquaman, not so much. I thought he was he was radical. But I don't want to really. I don't he care. Was about cyborg's cyborg's booyah at the end was really off-putting. Yeah, but like, hopefully Ben Affleck will hang around there and and maybe do some more because I I really like the way that he does Batman. I think he has all the qualities of a great Batman and a great Bruce Wayne. I really enjoyed Matt's point tonight about um, about Bruce pushing all the understated buttons. Of the movie, he was more of a. I think he wound up being more of a catalyst than even the writers thought he was gonna be. Like that's a that's a really good pull, Matt. Thanks. Why don't you? Oh, oh, I'll give. Oh, he's not done yet. 
He's I'll, not done yet. Go. Yeah, I'll just give my. Uh, Take your time. Take your time, buddy. I'll give my number. Um, yeah, man, I I really liked it. Um, I thought it was in the in the scope of comic book movies that we've watched this this year. We've seen Logan, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Man, Wonder Woman. I thought this was definitely in the top three for me. Um, I really like this movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rank them before you give it a score. Let me see. Let me see. So it's it's Logan, Guardians, Spider Man, Wonder Woman, Thor, Justice League. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Boy. Um, I think that I liked. Jeez, oh man. I'm gonna get crushed on this because I'm sure that I gave differing opinions and grades. <laughs> um, they they're allowed to change though. Yeah, this this whole thing is fluid. Huh. I think I liked Wonder Woman the best. I think I like Spider-Man second best. Justice League third. Logan Guardians Thor. That's how I that's how I do it. I give um and like I said I give Justice League a 7. I thought it was uh I thought it was awesome. And I'm sure get Go, go ahead, dorks. Go out there. Listen to the old episodes. Find my old rankings and compare them and see how tonight's don't match up. But yeah, um, a seven for Justice League. Thought it was wildly entertaining. It had its problems, um, but I really liked it. And I like the path that it sets the DC universe on. Paul, you go. Uh, if you stayed around... For the post-credit scenes for Justice League, you saw Flash and Superman racing. I thought that was a really charming moment. Um, as much as the DC Extended Universe Barry is his own Barry, it was really great seeing him pair off against the more stoic, uh, the more the more stoic, you know compassionate encouraging superman you know henry cavill doing his best christopher reeve i thought that scene was fantastic um the very last scene we see lex luther gets out of jail and jesse eisenberg's on the loose again i was really hoping that <laughs> after batman v superman warner brothers was just gonna kind of forget that they had a lex luther and they were just going to leave him in jail forever and would never see him again. We, we panned to that guy in jail, and I was like, oh, that's the new Lex Luthor. Okay, this insane laughing right. guy. Yeah. I, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we also get to see Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. And I love they gave him the white goatee. They gave him the white hair. Uh, it was... And I've been watching Arrow since the very beginning, and uh, Manu Bennett, a New Zealander, has played Deathstroke through the entire series and he's got a heavy uh, New Zealand accent and it was kind of weird at this point hearing Slade with an American accent even in the comics now when I read Deathstroke I hear Manu Bennett's New Zealand accent but I thought that I thought the Deathstroke edition yes licks (laughs) I thought the Deathstroke edition at the end was very cool setting up some Legion of Doom action um, I is that the team? Is it L- the Legion of Doom? 
or would it be the Injustice League? The in, isn't the Injustice League the oh that's They're from um, the other Earth. It, it's like the like evil Superman, yeah. evil Batman. Okay, but the Legion of Doom is is like Lex and Black Manta and Cheetah. Yeah. Is Joker part of them? Or no? Joker, yeah. Uh, and the Legion of Boom is like Cam Chancellor, <laughs> Ray <Right>. Sherman. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give Justice League a seven. It's a high, I feel like it's a high number, but there was so much I, I liked about it. There was so, so much just, I enjoyed about it. We just fought to the death and we I gave loved, the same number. <laughs> I love the... What the fuck? What are we fighting for? What are we podcasting I love the Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman scene in the beginning, especially where she uses her super speed to block all the bullets oh, that was across sick, the yeah. line of hostages. Uh, and that scene had nothing to do with anything else in the movie. I feel like we but talked But it was about- really good. When they when the guy hits her with the butt of the gun in the back of the head and she shrugs it off like motherfucker. We, it- ta- we talked all night about Justice League and we didn't talk about Wonder Woman at all. That's going to piss somebody off. It reminds me, that particular scene reminds me of a panel in an old Jeff Johns Green Lantern comic where a Russian a Russian guy comes up behind Green Lantern and shoots him in the back of the head. And uh, Ivan Rias draws the panel where you see the, the Green Lantern shield like reverberate around him, but it still like shocks his shell a, a little bit. It was great seeing like such a violent act and having like the superhero just kind of shrug it off. One one quick thing, one quick thing. So Steppenwolf basically is consumed by fear, right? Like that that's the thing that I guess so. brings the parademons is fear, right? Yeah. Wouldn't the Justice League have benefited from somebody that like has ultimate willpower and like could combat fear yeah and you know but like that's where somebody out there that's where justice league runs into like i like i don't know what their timeline is because we see the lord of the rings flashback where (laughs) you know uh atlantis the amazons and the world of men fight off uh fight off steppenwolf millennia ago there's a green lantern present but when a green lantern dies they the ring immediately finds a new ring wielder. Maybe it was buffering all this whole time. Just so, circling but, the well, globe. like between between then and now, like certainly Hal Jordan in this timeline, while this movie's happening, Hal Jordan is out there somewhere. And that's what the Green Lantern Corps movie postulates that Hal and John Stewart are out there. They're just not on Earth. And that's when because doesn't Steppenwolf Steppenwolf decides to strike? Doesn't he mention that there's no lantern guarding? Because there's no lantern on Earth. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Are we to think that there's a a Hal Jordan Green Lantern out there, or there's a Hal Jordan the man out there who has not become Green Lantern yet? The way the way every article I've seen so far explains what they want to do with a Green Lantern core movie, right? Hal Jordan is a Green Lantern out in the universe. Same with Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. They're both Green Lanterns in the universe. But they are just right, right. They're just not guarding Earth, which which one of them should be. 
when like uh when someone like Steppenwolf shows up, one of them should be present. So like I I don't know, you know, Barry's not Barry, but Ian's okay with it. There's no Green Lanterns on Earth, even though DCEU continuity postulates that one of them should be around. You know, whatever. Green Lantern Corps the movie opens wait, wait, with wait. them in the in the commissioner's there... office like Jordan but, Hold on a second. How's you let Steppenwolf come into our town and bust up our city? <laughs> Give me your badge. Yes! I can't wait. <laughs> oh, fucking lethal lethal lantern. Um Hal Jordan was the first human Green Lantern. Yes. Were there other Green Lanterns that protected Earth before Hal Jordan? Yeah, there were yeah, Abe and Sir protected the sector, sector two eight one four. Yeah, but that's it's a big that's a lot of it's a big area it's to a cover, big you know. Sector. It's a big yeah. sector. But that wasn't Abe and Sir that got killed in the flashback. Right. Okay. So yeah, ton like I, I give it a seven. There's so much love. There's so much I, I wasn't sure that of, we but gave it the same fucking much number. like much oh. like the Force Awakens, there are like I mean the the subsequent movies could really turn the tide on this one. Mm-hmm. Matt, you're up, buddy. Paul, why don't you rank very quickly this year's comic book movie offerings like Ian did? Ooh, um, Do you oh, need a quick rundown of what no, they were? No, I, I, rem- I remember them. It's really hard, though. They're really tight. Um, they're, it's not like a definitive one in six. Um, I'm going to go number one. Guardians 2. Uh, number two, uh, Homecoming. Three, Wonder Woman. Uh, Ragnarok, Justice League, Logan. Um, I really enjoyed Justice League, if you couldn't tell. Um, I was... Working on uh, some illustrations on Saturday night, and the whole time I'm thinking, man, I really want to go see it again. Like, it was I really did good. Too. I had it in my mind, I wanted to do it, but by the time I was done, I was just kind of tired. But, like, I was absolutely compelled to go see it again. Um, so, you know, like, Logan forgot about it minutes after I saw it. Same thing with Thor. Like, that's saying something if a movie sticks with you and makes you want to go back and rewatch it. Um, not a whole lot of superhero movies are doing that these days for me. So, that is saying a lot. Um, I only saw one of the superhero movies twice in the theater, uh, and that was Wonder Woman. Um,. So, for whatever that's worth. Um, I think that uh, there were a lot of things that were were winning um, aspects of Justice League for me. Everything from the way the characters interacted together, which frankly was probably the most important thing in this movie. Because going into it, just the idea of it, seeing these characters on the screen for the first time together was going to be a really big deal. And seeing them together and the way that they interacted didn't disappoint me at all. It was really great. Looked great. Felt great. The only downside was 
the the weak story, but even that was presented in a pretty cool way with the Lord of the Rings flashbacks and and maybe because of Lord of the Rings, I was almost like, oh yeah, yeah, I get this. It's just like Lord of the Rings. I don't know if it was like I think it was just it was simple and straightforward and maybe cliched. Yeah, but I don't know if it was weak. It was just simple. Um, well, I like simple. It's uh, very streamlined. Perhaps cliched not is not a lot the of right, flourish. Is the right term because I, I typically like a simple story, like Star Wars, for example. Very, very simple, but at the same time, I am in. a simple man. I'm a very simple man. So, bringing in like classic themes was such a, a winning maneuver on the filmmakers' part. Um, I'm excited for the next for the next Justice League movie. I'm excited for basically all the next movies. I'm excited to see Aquaman, and I'm excited to see you know the next Superman movie, the next Wonder Woman, everything. Uh, I I have to give this an eight. I probably would have come away the night that I saw it and given it a seven, but I told Paul. My feelings for the movie were developing, and I thought about it. The more I thought about it, the more I thought about good things about it. And, you know, the, the, the issues that I had with it didn't bother me that much. But the things that I liked, I really liked. And I was like, man, I need to see this again. I can't wait till it comes out on iTunes so I can buy it. You know, I'm really stoked about it. So I give it an eight, and I feel good about that. Um, if I'm going to rank the, um, the comic book movies this year, I'm going to go backwards six to, to one. Is it six, six movies? Um, yep. uh, the worst one was, um, was, was Logan. Um, I pretty much didn't like Logan. Um, the, the one after that would be Thor. Um, that one actually want, I feel like I want to bring it down even further after having it sit with me for a couple weeks, um, I think I gave it a six. I, I feel like I'm probably going to align more with you, Ian, now. I'd say it's more like a five. Um, uh, Guardians is probably... Um, wait. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fourth. Gu- Guardians would be fourth. Um, third is Spider-Man. Um Second Wonder is Wonder Justice League, and then oh, Wonder Woman's oh. number one. I would like to take one last moment to talk about some Superman. Um, I may be looking too deeply into this dialogue. Uh, the I'm sure the writers were just like, hey, let's make Superman. We need a, l- a little bit of a lighthearted moment. But the way I read it was, it was Superman being Superman. At the very end of the movie, they realize that Cyborg can't split these mother boxes apart by himself. He needs Superman to help physically pull them apart while he technically disengages each one. And Cyborg says something like, you know, the the blast when these things pull apart is probably enough to kill us. And Superman just coming back to just coming coming back to life. He was like, he, Superman, he's getting ready to pull these things apart and he, he looks at Cyborg and he's like, well, I, I really, I really hope, you know, this doesn't kill us. I really like being alive. And it's a funny beat, but I think it's also 
the way I read it was it's a moment of Superman taking care of Cyborg in a moment that could be the end, alleviating pressure, alleviating any kind of stress, just saying like, you know, that's his way of saying, hey man, we've we've got this. And even afterwards, they split the mother boxes apart. They both get blown to high hell, but they're both alive. And, you know, they're both like, oh, shit. And Superman says, uh, I, now I kind of wish I was dead again <laughs> because he hurts so bad. And it's, it's his way of relating to Cyborg and giving Cyborg a nod like, hey, you know, yep. we did this, we're okay. And it, um, maybe on the writer's part, it was just a comedic moment that they could use, but the way I read that coming from Superman was a very heartfelt caring about his teammates, thinking about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, you know, putting other people first around him. And it was a great Superman beat. It was a great Henry Cavill beat. And those are the things that I really loved about this movie. It, um, <clears throat> it had Joss Whedon written all over it, didn't it, Ian? Uh, it's obvious it was one of those added shots to the to the movie, which just probably was absolutely the the shot in the arm that this movie needed to kind of like make it great. Yeah, this movie had a lot of heart, I, and and a lot of a lot of that stuff seemed like it was added on with Joss Whedon's uh, pen and yeah. directorial uh, I, acumen. A lot of the negative feedback that I've seen and heard from podcasts and reviews is it was slow and it was boring. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, does do character moments, does that equate boring to everyone? Does just when the characters are interacting with each other and talking? And These are the same like, people that probably thought Thor Ragnarok is a 10. Yeah. Like and just because not- Diana and Bruce weren't cracking wise when they were having a personal moment together, I don't think that's boring. I think that's the heart of the film. So, Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it seems like, especially Joss Whedon as, as the filmmaker, was well aware of the criticisms people had about these movies, you know, the previous DC uh, Cinematic U movies, and did something about it. You know, really mm-hmm. listened to the feedback and, and tried to make a better movie as a result. And I think for the most part, they were successful. It, really, now that I've seen this in Wonder Woman, I'm pretty optimistic about what the future holds for these movies. And, and one last note, did I see like the, like the Shazam powers in the beginning of, um, of you know, the big Lord of the Rings battle? Like, did we see those lightning powers? There were, a, maybe, there were a handful of, what could have been, um, like, you know, DC historical characters that showed up. One of them look. One of them, I think, was Hercules. Yeah, that's what I thought. But there, like, there was a big group shot, and there were some giant-looking people, and I couldn't place who was what. But who Matt, you may not that be had wrong. The flaming arrow was that like, was that someone? Um, the woman that had the flaming arrow. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's that is something that like once you know the Blu-ray comes out, 
people are going to dissect that and figure out who the hell's who and it'll be on websites. It's cool that it speaks to a bigger world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, two, two sevens and an eight. Not bad. Not bad for a movie that apparently flopped. Take that Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit. Trust mix us. Well, don't don't trust us either. But find a good common ground between us and Rotten Tomatoes. But Rotten Tomatoes over the same. Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit because it's it's a bunch of fucking generic schlubs putting their fucking reviews in. They don't know what they're talking about. We know more of what we're talking about than the fucking the civilians rating their shit on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the be all yeah, end all standard. Rotten Tomatoes isn't isn't just it's Joe an, Schmo. It's it's all critics. It's a it's a combination of the aggregate of the critics' opinion and the fans' opinion. I thought so, they were two separate things. They are. They yeah, they're like they are divided. But like it takes the the aggregate of the critics opinions and that's like the tomato meter right mm-hmm. and then it takes what the fans the tomatometer to, the tomatometer and then it takes the, fan, the fans reaction the fans reaction is at 85 percent the tomato meter or the tomatometer is at <laughs> 39 to tomatometer so there's a gigantic um chasm between the two right you know what what really turned my movie reviews on its ear was Years and years and years ago, when I was a wee teen, and I realized... 40 years ago, when he was a teenager. A long, long time hey, ago. give me a ticket for Jaws! In a galaxy far, far away. When I realized... with the wind! Star Wars was panned. Star Wars was trashed by critics. It was left in the dust. And that's one of the most beloved movies of all time, especially for me. So, you know, don't don't go by Rotten Tomatoes. Don't go by IMDb reviews. Fuck the tomatoes. Go see a movie yourself. Make your own opinion. You know, get your you get your own ideas of what it should be, what you want it to be. Don't trust any anyone else's opinions. Don't trust our opinions. We're fucking we're, dummies. We're clearly isn't, dummies after tonight. Holy shit! Isn't um it kind of off putting though? How affecting fanboyism can be to movies. Like I I feel like. Like I said at the top of the show, it felt like there was a satisfaction among certain article writers about how this movie's underperforming, or th- there seems to be like people knew before they even saw it they were going to dislike it, and and they're satisfied be- as a result. I I listened to a podcast. I listened to a podcast that does movie reviews last night, and I listened to the Justice League one, and just. I, just on a whim, I went back and listened to the episode the week before, which I hadn't listened to yet. And I listened, and they were talking about how they were going to review Justice League, and they already were shitting on it before they saw it. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's probably going to be a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, credible sources that I've listened to their opinions before in the past, but they were already Are you gonna say locked what and loaded. This is? Uh, yeah, uh, fucking slash film. Like they were already locked and loaded, and I fanboy did the same exact thing. Well, that's where the week before they were like, "Oh, you know, fucking uh, this stupid movie that we're gonna review next week." Right, everybody was already to hate it. That's why this was such a tough review for me because 
I've been the hardest critic for this movie on this podcast between the three of us. And, you know, like part of me going in just wants to rail against it, but there was so much I liked about it. You know, the, yeah, the, you know, the plot was pretty, you know, straightforward. Got to beat the big bad guy. There's no, you know, there's no real big bad guy story or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's like, there's stuff I didn't like about it, but I, I felt like I, you know, I knew where I stood going into this movie and I wanted to, I wanted to honor that. I didn't want to change my opinion or anything, but I also wanted to like this movie and it was a real Sophie's choice going into the, to the review for this, to be honest with what I really felt about it, you know, contrasted to what other people thought, what I had thought going into it. And you know, it's, it's not the, it's not the ideal DC movie that I want, but it's oh my god, there was so much, so much flawless that Green Lantern bit, and the Lord of the Rings flashback, so good. All the Superman stuff, um, a lot of Batman subtle machinations in this movie, uh, so much good in this movie that, and I think there is kind of a bias at this point. It's it's fun. It's easy. To beat up it's, it's kind of easy to beat up on this movie because it's two disparate directors trying to hodgepodge something together and it doesn't work every it doesn't work from every you know scene to scene but overall there's a lot to take away from this movie that's good into whatever the dc extended universe may have to offer going forward that's going to do it for us tonight my name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.